What's up, y'all? Full Court Press is back. Riley, Matt, Pierre, we in the building. Fellas, fellas, how y'all doing? Man, I'm so good. I'm so good, man. Hero is incredible. Can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> how are you, man. Riley? Uh, pretty good, man. It's uh, it's actually pretty stormy here today. We're supposed to get a lot of thunderstorms up here. Is that why it's called the Seattle Storm? Uh, yeah, yeah. It means it's working uh, <laughs> while the team's winning. Uh, it's uh down there that might be a crippling thing in California or, or in Arizona. Up here, we thrive on it, so uh, we win championships <laughs> in that weather. So that's fun. Well, it's very crippling for the L.A. Sparks because they can't seem to get it together. I don't know if it's Derek Fisher. I don't know if it's the players, but. For the second year in a row, they did not make it to the second round, mm. and it's pretty disappointing. But Candace Parker, I don't know how, won Defensive Player of the Year. I thought it was going to be Natasha Howard again, but hey, that's neither here nor there. But Riley, your storm, man, played a great game against the Lynx. Natasha, what's it, Nafessa Collier? She was taken into the storm, man, and... I, they didn't have an answer for it, but late, late in the game, the Storm got it together. I know you are raving about it, man. Yeah, I mean, it was a great finish to it. Aisha Clark had a – it was kind of a broken play, missed shot. Um, should have been a foul call probably going up. Um, and then basically she grabbed the rebound and then went to go back up. And it's like as she went up, somebody – hit the ball I guess it was going up to give it like enough backspin you know like they barely touched it and it gave it barely enough backspin to get above the rim and go in like it was like it's she made the shot but also whoever it was that hit the uh the the, the defender that tried to hit the ball actually should probably get half the half the bucket for that so uh yeah it was nice last second just get the w and walk out of there that's always a demoralizing thing uh, for a team to have to deal with uh, to lose a uh, game one like that. So hopefully the storm can ride that momentum uh, into yeah. a couple more wins here, get to the finals. Cause we all, I think everyone's kind of aware that the, you never want to like, you know, count anybody out, but everyone's kind of aware that the storm and the aces are the, uh, are what we want to see in the finals right now. So. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. I know you were yeah, saying something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a great game by uh, what's her name? Jewel Lloyd. Yep. Um, yes. She had a great game and Brianna Stewart too. With the power twenty one and ten, um, those were two just huge, huge factors for the storm. Yeah, she's been huge coming off the Achilles injury. I mean, she blew her Achilles out, came back this year, and has looked every bit the part that she of the MVP that she was before. So, shout out to her because that's that's an injury that uh, some people do not come back from. So, congrats mm-hmm. to her. Sue Bird's still doing. It. She's thirty nine years old, guys. Yeah. Thirty nine years old, still winning a team that could possibly win a title. Uh, she just doesn't age, really. <laughs> it's, it's just doesn't do that. So, yeah, so that's that should be interesting. I'm really excited for the Storm. They play tonight. Um, so on the next episode, hopefully they'll have played a couple more games and we'll uh, have a good idea of how the series is, or both series are going to turn out. Well, we know, well, to me, the son losing Alyssa Thomas was huge. She yeah. was in a swing. I don't know if she's going to – there's no word if she's playing yet, but if she can't go – with that being one of their best players, that's going to be tough for them. But, however, Liz Cambage isn't there and the, the rest of the elements that the Aces are facing. So, it, yeah, it and, might and even out. And also, Kelsey Plum's been out, too. Exactly. Uh, so she, it, I think I think she blew an Achilles, too. His Achilles are a, a knee. But, uh, yeah, so that's – I mean, the fact the Aces are where they are is insane. A shout-out to them. Also, I want to shout-out the OCNA podcast. 
who mentioned the uh, my Seattle Storm uh, yesterday on their on their fabulous pod. Um, and also, I just want to shout you out for saying that uh, Seattle um, needed to find some joy, uh, and that's why this uh, this series was important. Um, so they need to look forward to something. Uh, basically insinuating that the Sonics are not there, which I expect that from Abe. You know, I think we all expect that kind of jab from Abe. Osahan, I was very caught off guard by that. Uh, couldn't be more hurt. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to say that when I when we play them, when Full Court Press plays them in our uh, fantasy football league, uh, I guarantee a W. Guaranteeing a Storm championship and guaranteeing a W when we play them. Let it be known. So Sounds like Matt's going to have to give you some counsel, Osahan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be bad. Yep, yeah. destroy him. Yeah, so we like you said, the playoff uh, WNBA playoff games tip off today. So, of course, in the next episode we'll have the results for you. But, gentlemen, these Eastern, these the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. Oh my gosh! For, I guess we'll start with the Heat and the Celtics first. Anybody did anybody see the Celtics being? I mean, the Heat being up three to one. I didn't. I thought it would have been two two by now. I thought it'd be a little closer, but I'm not. I mean, given how the Heat have been playing, it's one of those things where you're just kind of waiting for someone's momentum to stop. You know, at some point you assume the Heat would even out a little bit. Um, but honestly, they match up well with the Celtics, and the Celtics have just not been able to put anything consistent together. I mean, Jason Tatum. He, he didn't score until like this with like six minutes left in the second quarter or something. He, yeah. ended up, he ended up putting it together in the second half, but that whole first half he was basically non-existent. And he's their he's their guy, you know. Like yeah, so that's you really can't do that. You can't allow them to do that. Marcus definitely. Smart shot horribly. He had a lot of assists. I think he had like eleven assists, twelve assists, but he definitely did well, not. He shot like one for ten, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been hitting you know three to five threes a game for them. So that's that's debilitating. Uh, but obviously, Matt, I mean, I'm going to set you up for this one. I mean, you know, our guy Tyler Hero here, uh, we both hyped him up a little bit, but you've been definitely the guy who's been uh, who's been the most about him uh, since uh, this entire rookie year. So, uh, yeah, him dropping 37, uh, his career high, and I, it's got to be a rookie high off the bench. He's only 20 years old. Um, he, yeah, he's he's 20. He is, he's confident. Like, I knew – I watched him a lot at Kentucky, right, because he was all over the TV when, when Kentucky was playing – and there was just something about him. I didn't know he was going to be this good his rookie year, though. Right? Like, no, I, knew, I, mean, I, knew he, I knew he would be good. I knew he, he'd be a great shooter. Um, but I did not think he was going to be this good where he's hitting 37 uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I was not expecting this flurry from him. I mean, I I, I knew he would be a big, uh, big-time shooter. Him and Duncan Robinson, I assumed. And Duncan Robinson's basically taking that role as far as – being able to um, to be the guy that can just come in and hit hit threes at a very high clip consistently, but Hero has been scoring at a high clip, uh, and like you said, it's that it's we've talked about it, it's that confidence slash just like like uh, just he's like naive to the situation, you know what I mean? It's like he's just putting up every shot. It's like good, good, like he just doesn't care, you know? What I mean? You can yeah, see in his face. In, in in most people just see him as a shooter, but he's been making just great plays. He's been rebounding yeah. the ball. He's he's been just all around being a good player, not yeah. just a great wild. shooter. It's wild. I mean, to, to, he's only twenty years old, guys. He's twenty years old, rookie, down there, and Darren can. I mean, they're they're one win away from a finals. <laughs> like, right. That is, uh, yeah, we're that is we're staring down the barrel of something pretty insane. I I don't think anybody picked the Heat to go to the finals, uh, especially when the season started. I just saw an article. 
it's like a headline talking about how like in February they had like lost seven of nine and they'd lost to like the Hawks and the like like three or four of like the worst teams in the league and it was just pretty much saying that the Heat were falling apart at the seams and their season was over. You know, flash flash forward, COVID happens, all these things happen. They're in the bubble and all of a sudden they're they're looking into finals uh, if they if they can if they can finish this out. So that is absolutely nuts. Uh, and it was cool to see. I saw a thing from Hero saying that he really wants to do it for Jimmy Butler because uh, Jimmy Butler's been such a big brother to him since he's been down there and has helped him so much and that he wants to see him get to a finals because he knows how much that means to him. So, yeah, you definitely get the vibe. They're just a little family down there in Miami. And uh, Yeah, the chemistry is – it's those chemistries that uh, championship teams have. For right? sure. You've seen it with the Warriors. You're seeing this Heat team with that similar chemistry of they're, they're together. And, and that's huge when it comes to teamwork and winning games. Most people say it's do you have the best players, but Miami is showing that that team chemistry is almost more important. Definitely. And it's, and it's, and also, I mean, we don't want to forget about Bam and a bio too. I mean, all these guys, they're, they're so tight knit and they all bring their own skill set, and they all know when to step up. You know what I mean? There's been games where heroes stepped up. Jim Butler stepped up at a bio. Uh, Robinson's hit. There's been games where nuns hit a few more buckets. Crowder. You can't forget up. about Drogic too. He has oh, Drogic. He, yeah. He, geez. Drogic has been streak, leading them. He's a streaky player, but this playoff has not really been streaky. He has just been, con- he's given you a consistent 20 points. Definitely, and they've definitely like let him attack with his own strengths. If he's if he's running, if he's pretty much going to one on one, he can get to the bucket. If he can get to the bucket, uh, stop in the paint, create some space to get that floater off, little baby jumper. He loves those. Uh, they're getting him off pick and rolls to his left, to his strong hand, and they're allowing him to work with that bio on that. We saw a beautiful uh, alley oop last night to him, uh, where Dragic came off, uh, bam rolled, and it was just big dunk. These guys are, yeah, they're they're really clicking on all cylinders, and I, I think we were all looking for that in the bubble for teams to do that. I think we, I think honestly, I expected that from the Celtics more so than the Heat, as far as a young team that seems to have some uh, some um, cohesion to it. Great, you know, very well coached. Uh, Stevens and Spolstra, they're both great coaches. But yeah, to see them, uh, to see the Heat pretty much out small ball like a team like the Rockets, and then you know have more chemistry than a team like the Celtics. Like it's weird to see the Heat being better at these things than other playoff teams, you know. Well, yeah. Eric Spoelstra just doesn't get enough credit, man. Like, we no. talk about all these other great coaches, and, you know, you don't really hear his name a lot. But he, these guys are well-coached. Not only that, they're, they've bought in, and they're playing some of the best unselfish basketball I have ever seen. Nobody's out there, like, and this is a shot at my team, and I don't, quite frankly, I don't give a damn. But nobody's out there trying to get 50, 60, Point triple doubles. Nobody cares about that. Everybody's buying in, helping in any way they can. Like for Hero to have thirty seven off the bench, my God! Like, and also too near the end of the game. I mean, it's about feeding the hot hand. But at the end of the game, Butler was handing it to Hero with exactly. like four minutes left to just go to work on Marcus Smart, who is in as you know we voted him as one of the better defenders in the league. Uh, you know, as did the all defensive teams. I mean, he's he's a great, great defender. And Hero yeah, was pulling on him from you know from twenty nine feet, Absolutely. <laughs> like and they just didn't icing. have an answer for Hero. They kept switching defenders. Yeah. They kept trying to figure out how to stop him, and it was just one of those nights where you couldn't stop him. Yeah, nothing was working. And if I'm Marcus Smart, I am mad as hell because he wasn't playing bad defense. But the kid was just oh. on fire, like. You had a hand in his face, it didn't matter. He hit one shot where it just I didn't think it was going in. And I just was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, like I said, it is weird watching him shoot three sometimes because he Yeah, his cause his release is kind of like, 
Yeah, you look at a Kyle Korver, you know, and you look uh-huh. at it, it's the same every time. You look at a Duncan Robinson on his own team, same yeah. shot every time. It's mechanical, absolutely mechanical. When you look at Hero, like his legs will flail out. He'll seem like he's off balance or he's leaning some way or whatever. But again, if you look at his upper body, it's stare, It's it's always square, always squared up to the basket. He's always locked in. Uh, and his top half always locked in. And somehow he can get away with his bottom half just doing whatever it wants to do with whatever space it has, and he's hitting. And it's like you said, Matt, the confidence is off the charts for this kid. I think that I think honestly the confidence is off the charts for this whole team. But he is uh, he is feeding off it the most. I mean, you know, think think about a twenty year old kid, a lot of confidence is your rookie year coming in. You're playing for a cool team like the Miami Heat. You have a you know Pat Riley or Expulsion. You have a lot of hype behind you, and then your whole team just says, "Yeah, no, you're the best." You know what I mean? Like they're hyping you saying, yeah, no, take those shots. We trust you. Like that is, you know, usually when it comes to rookies, it's vets trying to, you know, like, no, 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 Rook, you give me the ball. You know what I mean? My shot, whatever. It's that selfishness you're talking about, Pierre. And then you get, and then you get this team and they are a special group. And it's going to be really interesting guys when they get to the finals, because, um, you know, obviously we'll get to the Lakers nuggets, but I I personally think the Lakers are going to be there. And that's going to be super interesting because you're, it's going to be finally a team that they don't match up really well against. And that'll right. be, another, that'll be a, a really fun test to see how those guys do. Like, you know, do they stand up to that adversity like they've done in every other when they went up against the number one seed Bucks? You know, going going up against the Celtics team? I mean, this is these are two – both those teams are no joke. And then you have to go go potentially up against the Lakers team or the Nuggets even then. There's there's size that they don't have to deal with. They haven't to deal with really in the Eastern, uh, in the Eastern Conference. So – yeah, yeah, do you? Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you guys think the Heat bring back Drogic? I, you know, I mean, that, wow, that's, that's like, if, if they get yeah. to the finals. Oh, first of all, if they, if they here's the thing: if they win the finals, let's just say that first. If, if everything goes great, then yeah, I think they do. Um, but if they get to the finals and lose, I don't know. Pat Riley is Pat Riley, so like, yeah, you never know, man. He's the He'll find a know, way. <laughs> yeah, he's got. Yeah, he is. He's an evil genius in himself. Dan, Danny Ainge gets a lot of credit for being like this, like an you know, evil GM who just doesn't care and will do whatever. Pat Riley doesn't care either. Like, and he silently does it off to the side into the shadows, and no one, you know, no one dare questions him. But yeah, he definitely has the ability to be pretty cold. So if they win the title, that kind of takes away some of his leverage. But if they don't. Then uh, I mean, you could move on from him, potentially bring in somebody else. But I mean, he's earned it. Dragic has earned that resign with how he's playing. Yeah, if 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 the Heat don't bring him back, a team will pay him. Oh yeah, hopefully yeah. I'm I'd love to see him just go get a payday, regardless. So yeah, he'll he'll get uh, a payday. And we didn't talk about Gordon Hayward's first game back. Pretty solid performance. Um, yeah. Fourteen points. I th- I think he had a nine or eleven rebounds somewhere around there. Um, 14 points, a pretty solid performance. But it's going to be interesting to see what the Celtics do with time management now with players adding in Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, they're lucky to get him back because his, his injury did not look good, like first hands on. But once we found out what it was, it's great. His baby was born, so that weight is off his shoulder. Coming off the bench part, I do like because it gives them an added score off the bench, and then Marcus Smart starts the game off with defense. And, of course, if you want to win the game, defense is more important than offense in some cases. But I'm looking for Gordon Hayward to be a little more aggressive this next game because Jason, like like Riley mentioned, Jason Tatum didn't get it rolling until later on in the game. And if that happens, everybody on the Celtics is just going to be waiting for Jason Tatum to get going. And you could tell that was happening. 
Like, Jalen Brown, Kimball were good. Marcus Smart has to be better. But if Gordon Hayward can start game, was it game five off? Game five off yeah. on fire and get himself going, that'll transition to great things for the Celtics. I don't I don't think this is over yet, but it, it I think Miami will win. I just think it'll probably be six games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it is funny this this postseason, especially we can't count out anybody down three one. But yeah, I do think that the uh, it's crazy after Game Three, the Celtics looked good in Game Three, and I thought you know after the whole Game Two fiasco of them yelling in the locker room where they didn't yell, whatever it may be, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's good. Apparently, it fired them up because in Game Three they played well, and I thought the momentum would shift. I thought we'd see a two two potentially, and uh, do then you know go the best of three, see how it plays out, but. Yeah, the, the, the Heat stole one. Really, Tyler, Tyler Hero really stole one from him. That's the thing with Tyler Hero, too. You're noticing that he's hitting, no matter if he's scoring output over an entire game is, is a large amount, he's hitting big threes, like big threes late um, to, to really ice games. And so if he can continue to do that, I mean, what do you do? You can't guard. You can't, you know, you got Butler. You got to worry about Adebayo. You got to worry about him. This team has a lot of worrisome players, you know, for other teams where, you know, you're not really sure how to check some of these guys. Um, yeah, the the question is though, how does Bam come back? We saw that injury on, I think it was that wrist, right, where he got yeah. injured. They say he's good for Game Five, but we'll see how he comes back. Which wrist is it? Is it right or left? I think it's his right wrist. Okay, so that's obviously a little more troublesome for sure. He said he's good. Riley said he's good. Spolstra said he's good. But the Heat play mind tricks. <laughs> they could of just course. say oh, yeah. that. You're one game away from the finals. Of course you're going to say you're good. Yeah, regardless. I'm <laughs> you know? fine. Don't worry about me. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. I think that game five will be a hell of a game regardless. Because, I mean, the Celtics are not going to lay down. You know, we know that. They're, they're, they're not. Let them take it. They're not just going to take and, the L like that. They're too proud for that. So, um, yeah. And, again, we're just going to see because we're going to see everything from the Celtics. They're going to come out hitting, I bet. I, I, I do not see them coming out slow. There's going to be a lot of – there's going to be a major sense of urgency there. So I really want to see how the Heat respond because then the ball's in their court. It's can they do what they did in Game Four again, where a team feels like they're going to do some do something and then you take it from them, you know, like really just take it away. Yeah, and a lot of teams, other than the Lakers, like when 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 they know they're up, oh, we one more game, they they coast. Why do they do that? I don't know. So I I I expect Miami to kind of coast this game. I, if I'm them, I wouldn't. I, I'll put it away. But like I'm like you. I don't. I don't see Boston laying down. Boston's going all in. They're gonna let them lie. I, I expect Tatum to have a big night. So yeah, here's the thing. That I will say that I don't think that because I said the Celtics are gonna come out strong. I do not think the Heat are gonna coast by any means. I'm saying. That, I hope not. <laughs> no, I, I would. I don't think they would. I mean, right now, I mean, they they understand what it is now. You know, and Jimmy Butler seems to just be. It seems like Jimmy Butler's just in the locker room, like letting these guys know, like. Hey guys, today's this is what we got to do today, and right. this is how close we are. And then they just go. He's in it. their ear, like he's in their ear, and there's no way Jimmy Butler's like, "Hey guys, take you know, let's take this one easy or anything." He's gonna go and say, "Let's put you know, put our our foot on their throats and really end this thing." So, because if you notice, when they were down, they 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 wilt their way back every time. So it's going. I think it's gonna be a close game, nonetheless. Yeah, definitely, Matt. What are your thoughts towards the? This series, like, do you do you see the Heat wrapping it up, or you think the Celtics are going to come in and advance to another game? Yeah, um, I think Celtics will win this, and then Heat will close it out. So, okay. yeah, I think I think the Heat will close it out. I think Celtics will get one more in. We definitely got to wait and see. It's going to be a, a a great game, nonetheless. I mean, this whole series has been good. You know, 
all five, all four games that we've gotten so far. So I'm excited to see game five. Now, the Western Conference is what Matt wants to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers and the Nuggets. Um, man. man, the Nuggets came out game one. They started off slow. They got back in the game. However, it was too late. Game two, they played a brilliant game, all game. However, and I'm sure it's going to highlight over game three because that Anthony Davis shot was phenomenal. What a shot. Guys, Jokic went on an 11-0 run. And what I thought was he was going to put the game away. Only for Anthony Davis to score 10 points, you know, to help the Lakers prevail in the end. But that shot, I mean... I never seen – I never knew they were going to go. I'm thinking, oh, LeBron, LeBron. They're going to LeBron. Nope. Anthony Davis came off the screen. That was a perfect decoy, though. Because it was. It really was. was. was desired for LeBron, and everyone thought it was going to him. And, and they were like, okay, AD could shoot this three. Um, and he hit it. That was a great shot. Yeah, that was it was interesting at the time. I was getting a tattoo during the game but I was also <laughs> on my phone I was watching uh the Seahawks game primetime I had recorded the Lakers game to watch um to watch when I got home so I could really in-depth watch it and but randomly during it was halftime of the Seahawks game so I, I'm like hey I should really you know need to check Lakers game see where we're at and it was with 20.8 left Lakers down one it's like when I happen to when I happen to like hop on there um and yeah to see AD hit that shot in the in the Kobe Kobe jerseys basically and then as he's walking, I, I got goosebumps when I saw the replay of him after he hits the shot, the angle where he's walking to the bench and, he's, and he yells Kobe. Genuinely got goosebumps on that one uh, because that was just – that was too perfect, you know. Um, it, and it's great that those guys have have Kobe in mind like that and that they're that focused on bringing this home, uh, not just for themselves and for the fans, but for him too. I thought that was a, that was a really cool moment. Yeah, that, that, was, really, that was a really cool moment. I mean, you don't even have to be a fan of the Lakers or, you know, you could just be a fan of Kobe to appreciate it. I mean, you know, as kids, that's what we used to do, shoot the paper balls in the trash can and say Kobe. Nobody was yelling Jordan or LeBron. You were yelling Kobe. You know what I mean? So as a fan of the game, I can appreciate it. Now, game three, the Nuggets came out a little better. They were, you know, had a little more aggression to them, a little more energy to them. But, Matt, what I want to talk – and, Riley, you too, you can chime in on this too. The Lakers only had a combined four rebounds between Dwight, JaVale, and AD. That can't happen this game. We got out-rebounded by, what, 20 rebounds in the game? Do we only have, like, 24 rebounds or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when your bigs only have four, yeah, it was it was concerned. just atrocious. We just got destroyed rebounding. And it's like they didn't care to rebound the ball. And you can't win – um, like that, you have to be more aggressive in the entire game, and and that means rebounds too. Yeah, I mean, con- consider the fact that we're talking about when we talk about the three of those guys, the three of those bigs. We're talking two of those guys are are Hall of Famers. Anthony Davis and and Dwight Howard are going to be Hall of Famers, and we're talking. Javel might, uh, might be a Hall of Famer in Shacking a Fool. Yeah, Shacking a Fool. <laughs> Hall of we're talking two real Hall of Famers, one uh, separate Hall of Famer. But really, I mean, we're talking. I mean, forget Javale even. I'm talking those two guys. You know, future Hall of Famers, and we're talking about guys who they got four rebounds combined. Basically, that's that's unheard of to me. I, I like I said, I watched the game. I saw that stat before I was actually able to watch the full game all the way through. 
And so I was able to actually watch him and really watch and, and see why that happened. I mean, Plumley was blocking people out. Jokic just doing his thing. They were just getting out hustled straightforwardly. And we saw them, obviously, we, they went on that run, you know, uh, to, to bring it back. There was that sense that all of a sudden they realized, like, hey, you know, we can bring this back a notch. They were starting to shoot well. Um, yeah, and they, and they did well. And they kind of fumbled it at the end, obviously. And then Murray ended up finishing. But one thing I got to say, I really don't enjoy watching the – that lineup they have to finish games, I that's not a championship lineup. Also, you take you take LeBron and AD, of course. Those two guys always mm-hmm. good. You need those guys on the floor. They're they're your they're your Hall of Famers. Um, to close, and then you have um, Kuzma, who is just kind of an enigma. I do, I don't enjoy him on the floor. Um, yeah, I just don't. I mean, I get why he's out there. He'll hit a big shot once in a while, but that's that's the that's all you're getting from him, really. Uh, and then Rondo, what I noticed, the, the offense got really stagnant in key possessions uh, in the fourth there, late in the fourth, because the ball would get worked around to Rondo and he'd be left open and he's not ready to shoot. Or he'd have time where you have like a Tyler Hero or you have these guys or, you know, even like on their team, like a JR, a Dion Waiters, whoever, even a Danny Green out there would be able to hit or would be able to catch in the pocket and shoot a three like that to ice something. And Rondo's catching those passes and is not even thinking about it. Or, you know, and it's very stagnant. And then obviously Caruso, who, you know, is not – that's not who I would assume is going to be. He's a great player, mind you. I, I'm not hating on him. But for him to be closing uh, Western Conference Finals game with, with like, very much more experienced players on the bench. Danny Green, I know he's been very, very cold, and I understand that for sure. That's got to be oh, frustrating man, for Lakers fans. But he also – defensively, he also, you know, is a guy that you have to trust guys who just – who are the starting two guards on the defending champion Raptors last year you know and that guy's sitting for for caruso right now and i understand he's cold but that is a tough pill to swallow you have a guy like jr who's won a championship as the as a two guard like you have these guys out there that are that are capable of shooting or capable of icing these games out and they have a lineup that is not like if you if they try to put that lineup out there in the finals i don't know how well that goes so yeah, it's I, uh, uh, Deion waiters. I feel like Dion waiters would fit in good in kind of those but is he hurt or is he just not playing yeah he's out hmm He's listed as out on the injury report. He's injured. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's very frustrating to watch because I really want to see them. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the Lakers, it's like they have the pieces on that team to finish games. And for whatever reason, they're playing this lineup that's, you know, and Rondo, again, these guys, I understand what these guys bring to the table individually, but right. it just does it on paper and even on the eye test. It doesn't look good. Because if you kick to Caruso, if you kick to Rondo, and Those guys are not shots. Like they, right. they, you know, just because Crusoe isn't ready yet, we just haven't seen him do that yet. Of course, when he hits one, I'll change my tune. But until then, he has not hit anything big, and Rondo is afraid to shoot, and that's crippling in today's NBA, especially when you get this deep in the playoffs. You need guys that are going to hit shots from wherever, wherever they're set up. You know, the, yeah. the, the offense runs through, and Rondo's out on the perimeter, and they kick it to him. He has to be ready to shoot that. Yeah, no. you know what you're going to get with Anthony Davis and LeBron, right? For Anthony sure, Davis yeah. needs to step up that rebounding, though. Like, two rebounds, one assist. That's just awful for a, a star player. Uh, yeah, also, yeah. too. And, and even then, it's like I'm talking to these guys, you know, Caruso and Rondo. These guys yeah, yeah, be, but, but you know what you're going to get with Anthony Davis and LeBron. It's the rest of the guys. If you're looking at it, you had uh, JaVale McGee, who had four points. Danny Green had four points. And he just was not aggressive. He played 20 minutes and went one for four. Well, yeah, in JaVale McGee's defense, he only played eight minutes. Yeah, he played eight minutes. Uh, you would like to see a little him play a little bit more. Um, Dwight Dwight Howard played 14. Um, but, yeah, guys like Morris played 11, had three points. So it's those other guys that are key 
for the Lakers. Rondo went four for 10. And so you need some of those guys to step up more because you know what you're going to get with Anthony Davis and LeBron. But here, but that's the flip side of this too, is that why are, why is Rondo getting the ball in these situations? Why are they not running, you know, getting the ball to AD in the post, you know, setting them up, just getting them on the short corner or on the, uh, yeah, in the short corner there and just, you know, letting him work. Why are they not running a pick and roll with LeBron and, and, and AD? You know what I mean? Like the, the idea that the ball was – they're trying to work the ball around as opposed to making sure those guys had the ball in their hands, knowing full well that those are the guys. Um, yeah, they just need to – Vogel needs to go back and just really be sure he knows how he's going to close because it was – it really what it was, it just looked very sloppy. It looked like they didn't have a plan. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just trying to work the ball around and hope it worked out. But – we know for a fact there's only two guys that you trust taking those shots. You want to trust Kuzma, but we know you can't really. So it's like it's yeah they need to if they if they keep the ball in LeBron and AD's hands they they win that game I think because uh, those guys are are who they are. But um, yeah I, th- I think they'll correct it though. I think that you know like I said with the Lakers uh, coaching staff they have enough like head coaches on that on that team that they can make adjustments. You know what I mean they can make those yeah. adjustments and hopefully hopefully figure it out because I don't think anybody I mean no no diss to the Nuggets but. I, you know, there's there's not many people that don't want to see the Lakers get there and, uh, uh, you know, and keep riding this train. You know, whether whether you're a fan of LeBron, whether you're a fan of Kobe or the Lakers, whatever it is, you know, there's there's a uh, the, the narrative for that. It's a, it's a heartwarming thing regardless. And so I'd love to see that see that play out. I don't want them to get there just personally. But however, <laughs> the fan of me, it will be a perfect like it, it'll cap off, you know, so much like it'll be perfect because. All, everything we faced this year, from Kobe's death to COVID to losing Cliff Robertson, you know, and all these others that we lost, yeah. uh, Chadwick Bozeman as well, it would cap off so much, and it would just be a huge sigh of relief if the Lakers were to, you know, close this thing out. It, you know, for Kobe, just for LA, you know, for everything, and then we just get to football season because I know Riley I know you're excited right now well we both are sure, but, yeah, you know. yeah Lakers, Lakers, Lakers need to close this out um in five yeah they, yeah they need to get this done if, yeah. they don't, if they don't close it out in five uh then it will go seven because because the nuggets are ready to go that's the thing is that we keep doubting them you know I mean, like to the Lakers win uh they win game five uh or game four sorry they win game four they go up three one you know th- there is no rest in that you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they, they can't coast at all, at all at that point because we know what the Nuggets are capable of. And we saw the, at the end of that game, we saw when they, the Nuggets looked dead tired. They looked out of it by the end of game three. And that's why the Lakers were coming back the way they were. And then Jamal Murray found that extra gear, realized he had to go, he had to go killer mode real quick. And he did that. And so, but it's, it's the fact that the, you know, that they realized that late, you know what I mean? Like very late that they could, they, they, you know, could win that game. It's like they got refreshed and realized we they can't the Lakers can't they have to really keep the pedal to the metal and make sure that they don't they don't give them another one because you know God forbid God forbid they, they have a they have a series where they're two two instead of three one uh, the kind of confidence that they get just from that uh, just being even uh, yeah very scary stuff and also too LeBron I mean that's what's crazy too about LeBron James at this point is that this guy's dealing with so many things off the court too just like like media things. There was a sheriff calling him out. The LA sheriff, I think, called him out about some things. He's constantly got, you know, everybody, you know, talking. Anything he says gets really analyzed. Um, Colby Covington called him spineless recently, like after he won a fight. Uh, just weird stuff where it's like LeBron's also dealing with all this stuff on the back end of it. So if he can get to the finals and win a finals, I mean, that that's the ultimate just finger to the lips, just, you know, sh- you know, shh. 
and it's you know what I mean? Like like what else? You know that's that's all he has to do. You, you win a championship, all those things. Uh, you know, no one can say anything to you. So no I, I do think that's also in his back pocket as well to want to just be able to win. You know, win, leave that bubble with, with another ring, and uh, and move on. So I really hope that they can they can finish this series out. You know, you can't doubt the Nuggets, of course, but I really hope they get it. Now, what would it take for Denver to extend this to seven? Do they have to have a similar game to game two and three? Like, is there more you need to see from them, or do they just need to like, keep doing what they did this past It's game? hard because you got to hope that the Lakers do what they did this last game. <laughs> you got to hope that some of the coaching decisions yeah. weren't the best. You got to hope that you out-rebound them. and right. Because the Lakers came back. Like, they were on a run to get yeah. back in. And so you, there's a little bit of that. You need them to make mistakes. Um, and then you just you need consistency from guys like Michael Porter Jr. Uh, you need consistency from some of those guys. I think they had three guys who, who scored over 20. You would yeah, Jeremy Grant, Grant, Jeremy Grant, Grant, Grant. yeah, you need consistency out of Jeremy. I don't know if you can expect him to score 20 every game, but you, you would like guys like him, Michael Porter Jr. You need them to score more. It's like a Miami Heat situation. You need guys. You know guys. You know like uh, Dragic is going to get his thing. He's going to get his like a 20. You know Butler's probably going to get 20. And then after that, it's Crowder. It's Hero. It's whoever can step up at that point. The Nuggets haven't – if they win when they have that, if it's just Murray and Jokic, which it's been at certain points, which is why they go down 3-1, it's tough. I mean, Jeremy Grant's not going to score 26 this next game. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to happen. He may score uh, 15. but Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's giving you something, but he's not going to give you 26. And that game was a 10-point game at the end of it or whatever. It was that close where his scoring definitely made the difference. Exactly. So, I mean, you need a Michael Porter Jr. for sure. You need uh, um, anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. It's like anybody, anybody on their team that realizes, hey, I have a hot hand. I'm winning my matchup tonight. Whatever it is, they need somebody to step up and understand that if they are not the third guy or a third and fourth guy to back up their two stars, then they're going home. And all this was for nothing. You know, there has to be that sense of urgency at this point and understand the Lakers are the, are they have two Hall of Famers they on their team. Three Hall of Famers if you count Dwight Howard, of course. So it's like they they have a star-studded team in their own right. Guys who know what it takes to win, guys who have been there before and you're and you're a team that has not had that kind of experience. And so it's either you gain that experience now by fighting really hard against these guys or you go home. And all this but that's the, that's why leaving right now, leaving the bubble in any sort of negative way without a championship is going to taste really bad in your mouth. It's going to be horrible because you were away from your family, you're away from your friends, you're away from your city for however long. And if you if you walk, especially if you get that close and that's it, that's not going to taste good. That's that's a horrible offseason, a horrible shortened offseason to deal with. So, yeah, <laughs> figure it out, guys. You need you need Murray to get one of those 40 to 50 pieces like he did against the Jazz. It, I, I don't think that will happen, but if it does happen, I would just say Lakers watch out. Yeah, if he gets that, that's a whole other wrinkle. He hasn't he hasn't done that yet in this series. If he could pull that off and just get just get one game where he just in the next two games, if he can pull that off and get one of those, they'll steal that game for sure. Yeah, because if he's if he's getting forty fifty, then that's then the Lakers are messing up. He needs to have that kind of game in this game five because uh, game six. I think if it gets to that game, if it when it gets to game like six. The Nuggets, I think, would win that. Well, game five tips off. Game four, right? Game four. I mean, four. I know. It's like the Celtics Heater one game ahead. It's a mess there we go. Yeah, right, right. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a game. So, game four tips off. 
hopefully um, it'll be a great one. I know it'll be a great one. I don't expect either team to lay down. No. And if, if it does happen, I know they're going to will their ways back. But we have to – go ahead, sorry, Brian. Sorry, a real question. It, it is great, though, that we've been seeing – so much good basketball. It's been rare that it's been a blowout. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. it's, been rare. it's been a lot of late game heroics, it's been a lot of late game runs, uh, guys stepping up, hitting big time shots that we've been seeing. So it's been great basketball. I think, uh, you know, we've been saying a lot of people thought that the bubble was going to really take the the overall basketball down a notch. And if anything, mm-hmm. it's heightened it to a pretty crazy level. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for what happens next. Me too, man. I can't stand blowout games. I loved It's just as a fan of the game, I don't care who's playing. Like, you know, if it comes down to a last-second shot or a block or, you know, whatever, I'd rather see that than a blowout, a 20-, 30-point game. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what you live for. That's why you love the game is to see yes. that kind of competition at that kind of level. The fact that each team – Maybe that game five of the Rockets-Lakers. Ha! <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Sorry, man. Pete. No, it's all good. He, he You know, he, he – he knows what he's doing, man. He's he's yeah. in the he's about to be in the finals, and he's still taking shots at a team that's eliminated, dude. Yeah. Such a Lakers fan, man. Such a Lakers fan. Rockets have been better than the Lakers the last five six years, so I got to get them in. Hey, man, uh, that's you know what? You, yeah, you've earned you know. it. That's fair. You've earned it. You've earned it. Still but. petty. Still petty, but it's an understandable, <laughs> understandable petty that I can live with. <laughs> we got to turn our attention to some NBA news now. Billy Donovan has agreed to coach the Bulls, and his contract details have just came out. It is a four-year deal worth up to $24 million. Nice. Good for him, man. He deserves some money. I thought it was going to be more than that. That's actually yeah, it's that? actually pretty low-key. $8 million a year almost? Just about? Yeah, he, I mean, that's I mean, it's, it's an interesting hire for sure. Uh, it's not a bad hire. I mean, look at what he did with, uh, with this young Oklahoma City team. I mean, he has no Chris Paul to kind of help lead that on the court. Uh, I think that's a big deal. He doesn't, he doesn't have a Steven Adams. He doesn't have a Chris Paul on that roster to help uh, set the example for how that's he funny. wants the team to play. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely – it's a good hire for them, I think. I, th- I don't think it's all what all, these, all the Bulls fans necessarily wanted, but I don't think it's one you can necessarily get mad at at all. I just saw a tweet from Bradley Peel. Where he was like, nice, that's awesome, whatever, and never, you know, and it's like, well, hey guys, you could get him, just trade Levine out there. You can get him <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, with Billy Donovan, at least players, you know, tend to enjoy playing for him. It seems like, um, and he seems to get the best out of young talent. So I don't think it's a bad hire at all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Zach Levine seems pretty excited about it. Yeah, he's stoked. And what he's done in OKC, even when he was back in Florida uh, coaching in college, you know, like you said, he. He he thrives with his youth. Look what he did for Lou Dort, for example. Yeah, you know the kid. You know he came into his own. Like he he was a nobody before. He came and he held arguably the best, well one of the best. I'm not gonna say the best because you know that's LeBron, but (laughs) one of the best players in the NBA. He was frustrating him. You know, so if he's able to take this pedigree to Chicago, it'll work out. It'll be interesting to see what the Bulls do player-wise. I'm very interested because didn't Billy Donovan say he did not want to go to a rebuild? He did say that. And that's exactly what he did. So maybe there is some contingency with the Bulls front offices. We're going to make some trades and um, if you come coach here. Now, if he does make some trades, well, then um, who stays, who goes? Well, I think they would um, trade up for LaMelo. 
Ah. Why Lamella? I don't know. I think that will. Uh, I think people view him uh, as a up and coming star. I know we haven't really seen him in in much great competition, but I think just how people perceive him with his body type and his skill set, people see him as he's going to be a star. Um, I think that will bring a lot of excitement to Chicago. I think for a few of those factors, I can see the Bulls trading up. Um, I don't know who 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 would do that. I don't know what they'd have to give up there at the four. They'd probably have to get into the top two to do what that. Are they, actually, where are the Bulls at? What are they picking at? Four. Four. Oh, they're not that far behind. They're not far behind, but I don't I I, I don't know what you would give. But Lamelo's not slipping past three, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know what you would give the Warriors or the Timberwolves to move up into one of those spots. See, and it's not like the NFL. You can't just swap picks. Like, you know, if it was the NFL, you could swap the fourth for the first, you know, with another pick. But NBA, you have to have some value in terms of a player. So, I mean, the fourth overall pick, I think the Bulls will be looking at Obi Toppin. I think that'll be the fourth. I don't, I don't know if they want another power forward like big man. Though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, he doesn't necessarily fit there, but I mean, in terms of the four best players in the draft, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo, Wiseman, and then Toppin. So there's been a lot of talks about Denny coming in at that four spot, though, too. I don't think Donovan go. Well, you know, well, you know what? Actually, that could make sense because there's some talk about him being compared to Gallinari. You need that. He play he plays what small forward. You need that yeah. player, um, yeah. because who do you have right now? A overpaid Otto Porter. Yeah, severely overpaid Otto Porter. Severely. Here, <laughs> Otto Porter. That's yeah, that's a, they're an interesting roster because they have some pieces they can move. They have salary they can move. Um, it's really about what they can get back. I mean, I want to see what they do with Levine. I think that's a big piece of it. Is that. You know, I'm sure the for year one they're going to try to make it work with him. You know, they paid him already. They want to see what they can do with him. But I've been saying for a long time that Levine's not going to thrive there overall. Like they're going to have to move him. Um, what can you get, What can you get for Levine? And maybe what if you threw in the fourth pick of the draft? What can you get for Levine in the fourth? I mean, it's a good, a good something. Uh, so somebody solid. I mean, I, I think that the reason I think Levine's got to go is that I think that if you get rid of a um, a coach like Boylan and then you know that was obviously very a very uh toxic situation but I think a lot of the time in those locker rooms that goes both ways to a certain extent and I think to really cleanse the place of any toxicity you have to get rid of both sides of that to really be able to renew that and obviously I know Donovan doesn't want to do a rebuild but I mean you could potentially get some something serious for Levine in the fourth pick so um, or marking it in the fourth or whatever. You know, they have some options there. But, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what they do with that because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The Bulls, it's a big mystery to me at this point exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it because they have a lot of different options they can go with. But it's just like what? how do they piece that all together to make it a team that Billy Donovan wants to coach? That and also the assistance that got to me. Like, who's going to be on his staff? Yeah, I'm, I am hearing when we're talking trading players, I'm hearing Al Horford is on the Bulls' radar. He'd be a solid guy to have Why? on the team for sure. Uh, I don't know. You bring in a veteran big to partner yeah. with, like uh, Wendell Carter and uh, and uh, Baby Dirk and some of those yeah, guys. Okay. You just have a veteran big man. Yeah. So if you want to bring in Horford, who do you move? 
At this point, I think the Philadelphia 76ers just want it off their books. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> sure they'd take quarterback or something to do that. To make the money work and maybe give like a future, future pick or something. At that point. Um, yeah, because I mean, Horford, Horford gets such a bad rap this year. I mean, think about how key he's been that he was on the Celtics a couple years before last. And then last year, yeah. it was everyone, everyone's acting like he's some sort of like, you know, poison pill on that team. He just didn't fit well. Um, Al, For- Al Horford's still Al Horford. I mean, uh, the, the game he plays, it's uh, it's definitely – it doesn't change much. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he can get away with playing that way for, for a long time. He's not getting up off the ground much. It's all jumpers. He's using his body to get rebounds. It's not – he's not out jumping anybody. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a, a guy like him on the, on the Bulls helps a ton just in the locker room. And also, uh, also on the court. So, yeah, I'd be done. I would do. I would do Porter in a second Porter round pick. And... Yeah, I mean that would be fine to me. I mean, like you said, it's about getting Porter's money off the books and getting something back for it. And Horford would make sense, and also Philly would want to do that as well. I believe. I mean, I think Philly. So would you take have. That. So you'll have Horford, Markinen, and Wendell Carter. Yeah. Yeah, and even then, I, I can get Dan, away from was it Daniel Gafford. Yeah, I, I say you get away from Mar- from Mark. Yeah. I, I really don't enjoy. Uh, I don't think you he's trade, gonna. We trade well. Baby Dirk. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him. Hell, as I'll he, take him in Houston. He's, he's he's insanely soft, dude. I watched some of this, some film on him, and he's he's soft. Russell man. Westbrook like, for Baby Dirk. Russell yeah, Westbrook. he is soft. You got a point. No, heck no. You just said you wanted him. Not from Westbrook, man. That's a little. Yeah, I mean, they're about the. They're, they play about the same amount of defense and. <laughs> you can't, I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen Mark in an era, era 15 footers um, <laughs> Well there is some talk right now That Mike D'Antoni is uh, the front runner For Philly And yeah, they say that they yeah. want Philly to help him Help them lure James Harden I don't know That's so dumb I, I cannot think like Okay, what are the two things that I've harped on this entire season that I don't enjoy? I don't like Philly's vibe with their stars there. I don't like the chemistry on that team and saying that the entire season. And I don't like what D'Antoni does, how he runs his teams. To put them together, dude, I don't think I could hate a franchise more at that point. As far as, like, how they're built, not the franchise as a whole, but, like, that that group, I would – oh, horrible, for the dude. Good of, for the good of this show, I want that to happen now because I want to hear oh. Riley Lance just go off about it. I mean, Embiid, I mean, jeez, Embiid. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, hey, Embiid, play less defense, man. Do that. I think there's about a 0% chance Harden would go to Philly. Yeah, I think it's just pure talk right now. I don't, I don't know what Philly's thinking. Now they're saying if they do get Mike D'Antoni, he's going to – they already said that they're open to trade talks because I guess the system is going to change. This is going to be crazy because that probably would mean Embiid is going to leave. You're going to have Ben Simmons playing the five. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how true this is. Just like that rumor that we saw, Matt, where they said Milwaukee <laughs> may uh, look to make a trade for Russell Westbrook. So. <laughs> I just posted because I thought it was interesting, and then everybody online was lighting me up like I'm endorsing this trade. Well, I didn't light you up because, like I said, it wasn't true. But it's just we see this stuff and we gotta entertain it. Either it's, it's funny like, or someone, it's know. funny when someone in the group will post something like some article or something, and it's like it's like you wrote it. It's like no man, I'm just posting it. I mean, I don't I don't believe in it. I don't necessarily think it's gonna happen. I'm just posting what I saw. It's like guys will post these fake ass these fake ass fuck uh, um, 
headlines. You know what I mean? <laughs> like where it's like obviously or like a tweet that they say act like it's real. That is like obviously a fake tweet. And then those same guys are the ones that you post a legitimate article about a rumor or something. And it's like, oh, what? I can't believe you do that. It's like, you know, dude, like be consistent, guys. We're going to say be consistent. It's not hard. Yeah, I just love the trade rumors. And so I think that would be an awful fit for Milwaukee. I'd much rather have Eric Bledsoe. He fits that team better than Russell Westbrook would. I just think there's just pure talk right now, man. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know who's going to be the coach. Until the coach is there, it's tough to know. I honestly don't know. If you can make one trade, Pierre, if you're the Houston Rockets, you only can make one trade, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm obviously keeping Harden because we wouldn't be where we are without him. I think the Westbrook trade can. Exactly. You said why? Where where is that? I mean, you know, in the playoffs year after year, you know, high octane offense, like, you know, exciting. Well, I'm not going to say exciting because some people don't like our style of play. What is he done for you lately, Pierre? What is he done for you lately? (laughs) What has he done for me lately, Riley? That's a good question. Think think about it, man. Just think about what you could get for James Harden. Imagine imagine the the Rockets. Press the rebuild button. That'd have to be more than Anthony Davis. For sure. Trade Harden and Westbrook, the different teams. Imagine the haul you get for that. Hey, if it leads to a massive overhaul, I mean, I'm willing to take a year back. Only thing that. What would you get? I mean, you have to get some type of youth and and picks because we're talking about, you know, a top five player. Thing is is that if you're talking hard, it's anything. You know, like yeah, like that's so hard to that's so hard to no, like. I don't think you could get anything for Harden. I I would don't think the Mavericks would trade Luca for Harden. Well, that's like, different. Yeah, they don't need to. When I'm saying everything, I don't mean another superstar. Like I don't mean like I don't mean that like you're going to trade you know their 21 year old, 22 year old superstar. I'm saying with James Harden, the packages are endless. Like yeah, if the team wants him, they'd have to trade a lot to get him. So you're yeah, getting no matter what you get for him, you get basically anything you want outside of what the top five guys. Outside of that, like you're you're good. Like so, him and Westbrook too. Westbrook's still a former MVP. So you trade those two guys, you press the rebuild for the Rockets. You're getting so much in return. And I think that really hinges on who we hire because I really, and I've been looking, researching. I have no idea who who we're hiring. I I don't even know if there's going to be any interviews. I don't know. Only candidates that I know they say was Tyron Lou and. What's the other assistant? Oh, Sam Cassell. I would endorse Sam Cassell being a former Rocket. It'd be intriguing to see, but I I really don't know, man. I, I'm I'm clueless right now. I'm just sitting back waiting to see. So there's gonna I, be uh, some trades. I don't know who, but something's gonna happen. I actually walked by uh, Sam Cassell in the parking lot of the uh, summer league a couple summers ago, and uh, he I was like, hey, hey, Mr. Cassell, uh, it's uh, you know lo- love what you do. And he rolled his eyes at me. Really? <laughs> I swear to God. I was like, I remember thinking, wow, like, oh, wow. wow that's negative. <laughs> that's a negative interaction. Dang. You know, who knows what's going on his day or whatever. But I was like, oh, man, that's, you know, didn't think that was how that was going to play out. But. This is just from a uh, fan side. So there's no no truth to this. But uh, Rockets and 76ers deal. James Harden to 76ers for yeah. Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, in two first round picks. See, like that's the kind of haul you're talking about though. It's like the only way I would picks. want Ben Simmons is if he's healthy. I mean, because when you when Ben Simmons is healthy, 
He's a twenty ten and five player. Yeah, say so, what you want about Harden, but at least he's healthy. You know. All right. Yeah. Here's, here's another trade scenario: Milwaukee Bucks get James Harden, the Rockets get Chris Middleton, Dante Divincenzo, Brooke Lopez, and a first round pick. There's no way Giannis and Harden is playing together. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. I, I can't see that happening. Yeah, that, oh, that's right. not enough for Harden to me. Here is here is your third one, and then you tell me which one you like the best, Pierre. Okay. All right. The Timberwolves get James Harden. <laughs> Riley would love that. And oh. um, the Rockets would get D'Angelo Russell, Jarrett Culver in the number one pick in the draft. Not enough. It would have to include one more person. I do like the number one pick in the draft, but the deal that entices me would probably, like I said, the Ben Simmons one, because you get two first round picks, and you can either move those for somebody else, or you can, you know, but also draft. You, you get a player that's actually close to be, like to, to yeah. star in his own right. Josh I mean, Richardson is good as well. Russell's get, not it. Uh, you get, get D'Angelo Russell and the number one pick. I don't want to snitch on my team. And a young player in Jarrett Colbert. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. want to snitch on my team. Number one pick, I mean, sure, but there's no, there's no dynamite number one pick right now. You know? Yeah, because I'm not even sold on Anthony Edwards just yet. Like, I have to James, James Harden is a particular player where it's like – I'm sold you, on Anthony Edwards. I mean, yeah, I mean, he might be great, but, like, you know, who knows? Who knows, though? You know what I mean? That's the issue is that we know what Harden is. Or so you can leverage that, that for a lot. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell can't be it. Because, I mean, guarantee with Ben Simmons, you know what you're getting in Ben Simmons. You know, D'Angelo Russell, we know what we're getting in him too, but it, that's not nearly what Ben Simmons is. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's all tough, man. I mean, like I said, it, Pierre, you don't do that, obviously. The Rockets don't do that unless they're getting right. uh, just a king's ransom in return. Exactly. Westbrook, Westbrook, you get rid of him for what you can get. I, you can get a lot of things, but I think they're, they'll be much quicker to pull the trigger, obviously, on Westbrook. Yeah, I can see that happening. I can see that happening. And, I mean, you still will get some value back, because like you said, former MVP puts up great numbers. But, I, like I said, it just really is – It's to me, it's just really going to come down to who we hire, you know, and the type of style they plan to play. I mean, obviously Mike D'Antoni is the clear choice in Phoenix – I mean, Philadelphia. So that's going to be intrigued to see who he, you know, wants to surround his team around. But these coaches hirings, I mean, <laughs> it's going to start to heat up. I'm, I'm guessing after, you know, the playoffs are done because, I mean, we still have Indiana. You have Houston. Brooklyn already got Nash. The Bulls hire. And then the Thunder. The Thunder still got to pick a coach. So. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how that Thunder goes. Will be interesting to see who they brings in because they, they're a team without an identity. They don't, I don't oh. think they know what they're doing. The Thunder? Yeah. Yeah, but if you if you are the Thunder, well, if you're if you are a coach and you're being approached to coach the Thunder, think about it. You are set up nicely. You have draft yeah, picks for the future. No, no, I know. Yeah, I know you're set up nicely, but I feel like you have some players like Chris Paul and Oh yeah, Nari will be a free agent. Oh, absolutely. You young, you have assets that you could trade and just go young. And, absolutely. And around Gilchrist and your draft picks, or you can trade those away and bring in some more vets and. You don't know which direction. Now, what direction would you go in? I would go young. I would trade for okay. Paul. I would trade some of these, and I would go young. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that they had the the season of trying that, you know, and trying it, and they got close. They obviously had a they great did. season. But, yeah, I think uh, they've been trying to trade Steven Adams for a minute. 
Uh, I think he goes. I mean, here's the thing: if, if him and Chris Paul go, then we know exactly the move, uh, what they're going to do. Especially Chris Paul. They trade Chris Paul, then we know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think the only move is to go young. It's really if they do it this year, you know, like this next season coming up, or if they let it play out one more season, try to run it back a little bit. Um, with Dort obviously being getting, you know, being the stopper that he is now, you know what I mean, and understanding his role better throughout an entire season, having. Uh, you know, all those young guys just got a lot of experience, you know, to try to run that back again. Maybe you try that. Um, but other than Riley, that, Riley, would you run it back or would you go and get young players? I try to run it back. I think, I mean, that's with the group they have, maybe try to add somebody or something. I mean, nothing big. I was, you don't want to leverage the youth or the picks that you have, but if you can get somebody for something, you know, and, and just kind of run that back, I think you do because it's uh maybe get rid of Gall- Gallinari so you can get for him potentially. But well, he's already a free agent, so oh, he I is don't okay. See, great, then yeah, then he's out. Him, that, that, that's almost addition by subtraction for me. So, well, um, I thought I thought what would have been smart for the Thunder to do is trade Gallo at that deadline and at least get something back for him. They were trying I, to. Uh, I don't think they tried that hard. You could have. I think Gallo. <laughs> I think Gallo sure. could have gone to Miami. Yeah, that was that was supposed to be the, the the move. And guys, can you imagine if Gallinari was in Miami right now? I don't oh like my it. goodness. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't, you don't like I, it. Man. Are you not a Gallo fan? No, I mean, it, for me, it's about like the fit of things, and like Gallinari doesn't have the same mindset that the other Heat guys have. Ah, Gallinari is a selfish player, man. Like, like he wants to take the shots. That's all he wants. All he wants to take. Like, and it's different because Hero takes the shots that are given to him. Gallo is upset. Like, take it for example. Remember that last possession? That, remember how that see that series ended with the Thunder, where it was like all those random, um, all those little out of bounds things, all those little out of bounds plays they were trying to run. Yep. There, there was once there was one point in that where they called a timeout, I think, before the final one, and Gallo runs like he's running right in front of the right in front of the inbounder, and he's clapping for the ball, and he's so upset he didn't get this ball with a second left to turn around from thirty-two feet to take this shot, he was so angry about that. You know what I mean? Even though that's a horrible shot, and the kid made up the right call and calling the timeout, like, Gallo was furious. You know what I mean? It's that it's that vibe of, like, he just wants to hit the big shot. He wants the shots. He doesn't care. Like, winning is, has never been a big thing for that dude, it seems like. The, the chemistry wouldn't be there, I don't think, in Miami. Where now, do you think Gallo goes? If you could just one I, one or two teams. I don't know. That's something, That's one of those things where we don't know because we don't know what the, what the teams Brooklyn? are going to look like. We don't know what teams want. Uh, that's tough. Yeah, it's kind of hard with the way the season has been, and then we're not even knowing the um, salary cap yet. Yeah, so we have no. It's, it's so hard tough. to just randomly guess. Even with these rookies, that's why I said I'm not sold on Anthony, no, no, Anthony Edwards yet because, you know, you haven't been able to see the combines and workouts and things like that. We couldn't see him in the tournament either. We couldn't see any right. of these guys exactly in the games or anything. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's I, gonna I, be interesting. Yeah, I'm just I hoping it doesn't go like the NFL with all these injuries that the NFL just had. Um, with these young guys are coming in, I just hope it doesn't go like that. No, because they have time now. Yeah, but we do know the season is starting. You know, in closing, we do know the season is starting in January. I think that's pretty good with the draft being November eighteenth. Free agency will probably start after that or before that. Yeah, well, I, I, think, after. I think everybody wants it to to start Christmas. I think that's. I think I it, do. It was almost a bummer to hear him say like January is the target. It's like, well, how about you bump it up five? You know, five six days. And uh, <laughs> you know, and, and make it Christmas. Yeah, man, it sucks, man. Like I'm um, like you, Matt. Like no basketball on Christmas. I'm not used that's to that. That's weird. That's weird for me. But 
yeah, hopefully he, they can figure that out. Uh, hopefully he's just saying that to be cautious, and then they surprise us by saying by announcing Christmas games. I think that'd be awesome. I don't blame if they don't. Obviously, the more time those guys get, the better. It's just yeah. strictly obviously a selfish thing for all of us to be like, no, yeah. no, like if, Christmas. <laughs> right. if, they don't, if they don't do Christmas, I think the second uh, what I would like would be a New Year's Day start. Yeah, that would be fun. And so you start it New Year's Day, and now New Year's Day might become this big, big basketball day. Maybe you pack like six games in on New Year's Day. And so people wake up from a crazy New Year's Eve, and they just watch basketball all day. Yeah, hungover doing that. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be cool. Honestly, how I, I think it's going to play out too, I think that obviously they play a shortened season next year is what I think they're going to do. I'd say like 55, 60 games, um, try to even it out a little bit if they can, maybe less even, and then try to get back on the normal schedule by the end of that year and then hopefully be able to play a clean 82 after that, you know, and just get back to what we know. Um, it'll be weird. I want to see how I want to see how Adam Silver decides to play that out because that there's a lot of different options there. I mean, if they try to play a full season starting in January, and that just knocks everything off its axis even more. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be a full season. Yeah, I, like I don't think that'd be, I think that'd be wild. Be, I think fifty-five would be great. Fifty-five, yeah. sixty, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, you know, because a team can go thirty and thirty, and, and you know, yeah, yeah, but it's it, it's an interesting. Discussion, and you know we'll have more on it as time go on. Cannot wait to see these games. Um, before we get out of here, guys, final predictions on these on these games. Riley, I will start with you because I'm going to give you the storm game as well. So, what storm. will be your line? Storm. Okay, so the storm. storm yeah. And easy call. Okay, Matt, I'm going to give you your game. Lakers Nuggets. Who you got? Yeah, I got Lakers in five. Okay, I'm going to go – for me, I'm going to go Boston. I think Boston wins this game, keeps it interesting, keeps it close. I could be wrong, but I hope I'm not wrong. And, like, you know, we'll, we'll revisit this, you know, when these games come to a close and break it all down. And I'm sure we'll have more NBA rumors um, over the next couple of days as, as far as coaches. And I'm sure Matt will dig in his bag of rumors to have more trades for us. As well, you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up, fullcourtpress82 at gmail.com or SSAW on Facebook. Like Riley said, he's guaranteeing a win in fantasy this week, and I can't wait to see it. So thank y'all for listening.